Welcome to season two of Motivate Me, a show where we interview people who have incorporated a passion into their lives in order to inspire you, my fellow motivators, to do the same. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for stopping in with us. As you know, we're on a 50-state tour, and my guest is currently waving to you, although you know you cannot see him. We are standing on the side of the street here in San Francisco, and I happen to meet somebody pretty cool. His name is Scott Armstrong. And Scott, tell everybody what your passion is. Baseball and words. And I'm 32 now, and since I was three, I wanted to be the play-by-play announcer for the San Francisco Giants. So my entire life has been a uh, specious attempt. Which is which we're laughing because that we just saw was the word of the day. And and you utilize these words of the day, which is amazing and also uh, indicative of your love for words. So perfect, well played. Well, thank you very much for that. Yes, I... I've just always known what I've wanted to do in life, and that's not always necessarily an advantage. The current play-by-play announcer for the Giants was an excellent student at Stanford but did not know until college that he wanted to be in sports radio. And I think that sometimes knowing what you want to do from a very early age can be as much of a drawback as an advantage. But I don't regret it, and I don't regret the journey. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well... My closest bite was being in the last three to be hired as the pre- and post-game host for an NHL team a few years ago. I was in the last three people, and ultimately I was passed over for two reasons, both of them legitimate in my mind. One, the person who ended up getting hired over me has more hockey experience, and two, I don't have a college degree. So I decided not long after that all of that occurred that it was time for me to pack up my life here in San Francisco and move to Oregon and get my degree. So that's what I've been doing. So you know what's really amazing about that, though, is I always talk on this show, Scott, about the fact that everything happens for a reason. Life is a process, right? And, and I think it sounds like you're saying this was the point in time where – life showed you your next step I think that's very well put I just realized that the light had gone on and it was time for me to move on and try something different they say that the mark of an insane person is someone who continues to do the same thing and expects different results and it was just time I had been to college earlier in life and it it had not worked out I was not dedicated to it in my application essay to my current school, I borrowed a line off a longtime Major League Baseball umpire named Bob Davidson. Bob was one of the many veteran umpires who was fired in the famous labor dispute of 1998. 
And Bob, after spending some time as a talk show host in his native Denver and so forth, decided that he wanted to go back and umpire. He said, I needed baseball more than baseball needed me. So I ended up co-opting that line of his when I was writing my essay. Bob ended up going back to the lowest tier of the minor leagues and starting all over again, umpiring games with 19 and 20-year-old kids in the lowest levels of minor league baseball, and then he got rehired as a major league baseball umpire, and he's still there today as Balkan Bob. That's his nickname. But it's kind of been a similar trajectory. I had to go back and start over again in community college and do all the things that I had been hiding from. And I think that that was uh, the growing up process, if you will. So what's your next move? We really don't know. What we know is that I have... Who's we? Who's we? Every, everybody in my life, including me, including myself. You know, there are factions of people who want me to move back here once I've graduated. There are factions of people who want me to move to Chicago. My best job opportunity or my best grad school opportunity or both might be in an entirely different place. We really don't know. I know I'm going to London for three months to study Shakespeare. And then after that, my diploma will be in the mail when I come home. And we'll find out. Shakespeare is one of my favorite people just so you know. Well, I mean, that, that was a, a principal reason why it was such an easy choice to stay with this major. I mean, we have the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, and I will be attending it. I've already taken one Shakespeare course this year. They're dropping the Shakespeare requirement at my university. They've changed the English major, uh, made some major changes to it for the first time in 25 years, and no more Shakespeare uh, I'm sorry, hold up. That doesn't even make sense to me right now. They're dropping it. They're dropping it. They're, they're, they're changing the major in some ways for the better. They're adding the essays of Tahanisi Coates, who I adore. They are adding that, but they are, are dropping uh, some other things, like you don't have to take Shakespeare anymore to get an English degree from my school. I don't personally agree with that. It is, it is a, an issue of much uh, debate. We had the first folio in our art museum on campus. I went and saw it on Super Bowl Sunday. I think everybody's Super Bowl Sunday should start with looking at a copy of the first folio from 64. <laughs> Tell everybody what first folio is. Uh, the first folio is the first published collection of all of Shakespeare's plays and poems. And those did not come out um, until very late in his life. And ultimately, the best-known copies of, of the ones that uh, came out eh, about 20 years after he passed away. But very few physical copies from 400-plus years ago remain in the world. But we happen to have one in our art museum for a while, and all English majors were obviously uh, encouraged to go see it. And just looking at it there in the museum, in the Jordan Snitzer Art Museum, was an incredible, breathtaking experience just to think about all the people who have handled this uh, this copy of the first folio, who have seen it in this 400-year time span, and it has the entire body of work of Shakespeare in it. I wish everybody could see your body language right now. <laughs> you're so intense right now, like your your hand, like in the claw, and, and just. I will also say this: not that I had a, a skin in the game, but uh, the Super Bowl being as mediocre as it was this year, the Shakespeare first folio was clearly the highlight of the day. The football game, which you would think for a typical American, particularly a, a sportscaster like me, America loves its Super Bowl. No, 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 no. That was a dud compared to getting to see the Bard's work right there. My folks just bought me a book called The Millionaire and the Bard, which is about Henry Folger's hunt for the first folio. And Folger is the one who was able to put together the definitive Shakespeare library for the modern day. And that's a book I intend to read as soon as I have time to. 
You know, something I really want to also let my audience know about is the fact that you are talking about college and, and everything that you're doing, but they can't see you, so they don't really know. I don't think we said how old you are, did we? No. I'm 32. I flunked out of two different universities here in the Bay Area and did not go back for many years and then decided it was time to start all over again. I have my associate's degree from a wonderful institution called Portland Community College in Portland, Oregon. Largest institution of higher learning in Portland, uh, or in the state of Oregon, 70,000 uh, enrollees. And uh, I'm in Eugene at the University of Oregon, where I am very fortunate to uh, be taught by some of the leading English professors in the country, like Ben Saunders, Martha Bayliss, uh, Kathleen Horton uh, was my Shakespeare instructor, and she's very good. And so just to be in this cradle of people who care about literature and are able to transmit it to us in ways that we can understand and relate to the modern day, I'm very blessed. It's worth every penny. And what I really want my listeners to hear from you, too, is the fact that you're so passionate about what you're doing, even when it just comes to school right now, going to college, when you did not have that passion earlier. And I didn't go to college either until I was 35. I graduated. I started at 30, got my master's at 40. So I was, I was 30 also when I started. And so I just don't feel like there's ever a point where people can't start over. It's something that they love. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's a big debate sometimes about whether passions are discovered now or you've always had it and you're just rediscovering a new one. Some people think that you've always, like we've always had these passions, but I don't think that's necessarily always visible to us. And it sounds like you have had these things, but it's just come into clarity for you now as you've gotten older? It's a very good way of putting it, yeah. I realize now that priorities needed to be rearranged, just sort of more mental clarity about what really matters. I know it's making my family happier. I know that whether or not I ever capture the job that I want or write the, the book that I want to write or anything like that, that I've at least uh, made it to pretty close to the end of this journey and I still have a lot of work left in the last six months here to see it through but they can't take that away from me and that's funny wait that's the thought I had too when I got my grades for the very first time I was straight A's semester one and for some reason that was a thought I had as soon as I saw my report card my immediate thought unconscious thought was no one can take this away from me yeah yeah and uh, I don't really know how because I work full-time doing all this, by the way, folks. I have had a job that takes 40 to 60 hours of my week away, you know, ever since I moved to Oregon. So doing the community college thing for a year and now the university thing for five quarters while having a full-time job, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, okay? But, hey, hey, we all have to do whatever it takes. But it, it, it was the only way, and uh, I, just, I just decided it was time. So Scott, how do you plan on putting your love for baseball and your love for language together in the end? Well, since I'm, I'm now finally committing myself to learning Spanish the way I should have back in high school and right after high school, I took three years of it in high school, taking it now, one, because I need it to graduate, but two, because I want to. I ideally would get a job back in the sport and... I would be able to also carry on uh, fluent conversations with all the players from Latin America in our beautiful sport who 
don't have a lot of people that they can talk to when they come to the States as 16, 17, 18, 19 year old kids. Uh, they confide mostly in themselves and that's totally understandable. But I always felt like I was missing something. Like I needed to be doing more to try to relate to the guys at the back of the bus who were just congregating with the folks who they knew they could carry a conversation with. And if I can relate to them in the same way that I'm able to relate to the English speaking players, then not only will that make me more hireable, but it will just enhance, I think, everyone's experience. So I'm hoping to be able to bring that to an organization in the near future. And you know what? I think there's a lot of fans who would like to hear from those players and they're not being heard from, do you yeah. think? No, no, that's absolutely true. Uh, you always know when a player, and it's, it's not the player's fault, that the player suddenly doesn't you know, pop out of the sky and speak fluent English the instant he comes from his native country to the United States. That's not, it's not fair to put that on a person. Uh, some, some uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a classic uh, problem that we have in this country where we think, well, everybody has to learn how to speak English and do it rapidly and do it super well, or you know, somehow you're, you're a lower person. Um, that's not true. So anything I can do to uh, sort of bring those people into the light, you know, where they can, you know, they're thinking the same thoughts as any other young kid who's trying to make it as a major league baseball player, but they just say it in English. And we're rooting for them. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I want, I want uh, success for all, all who come through the game. And if I can help them in any way, then I'll try to do that. Scott, if somebody would like to get in touch with you, what's your contact information? Scott A at uoregon.edu, S-C-O-T-T-A at uoregon.edu. Very short email address, everybody. Very short. No problems at all. Okay, listen, thank you so much for having this impromptu sidewalk conversation with me and Chelsea over here doing sound. So thanks, Chelsea. And now we're going to go back into where the sidewalk ends, as one Shel Silverstein would say. And it's been a pleasure uh, talking to both of you and... I'm sure it's not the last time. Thank you so much. Really, it was awesome. Visit our website, MotivateMePodcast.com, for links to all of our social media, for our Motivate Me YouTube channel, where we're posting video of our trip, and for an application to be on the show. There is also Motivate Me merchandise on our site, as well as the ability to contribute a tank of gas or more to our road trip if you so desire. There are 191 episodes in season one, and season two is going to consist of the journey my crew and I experience as we travel around each of the 50 states interviewing people about passion. When we return, those episodes will air, and that will be season three. So let us take you on this journey, and let us motivate you to take action in your own life. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. This enables us to reach out to more of you. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Oh.